Hello and welcome to Couple Next Door from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better. And dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The Couple Next Door. Written by Peg Lynch and starring Peg Lynch and Alan Bunt. not go through that every morning, Betsy. Now, with all the clothes you have, now put on something. Well, what do I wear? Well, put on the navy blue you had on yesterday. I don't want to wear the same thing two days in a row. Well, that one isn't dirty. You can get two days out of your cottons. I don't want to wear the same thing I wore the day before, Mommy. Well, put on something else, then I don't care, but get dressed. Put on your yellow. It's all wrinkled. And where's my pink petticoat? It's in the wash. You have another petticoat now. For I don't anything. like that one. It doesn't stick out the way my pink one does. Well, you'll have to wear it anyhow. Put on a sweater and skirt then. It's too hot for a sweater. Betsy, why do you always ask me what to put on and then you never take my advice anyhow? Now put on your sweater and skirt. No, that skirt is too short. It can't be too short. I let it down. Well, it's still too short. I look funny. <laughs> funny. Here, how about your blue jumper? Oh, no, Mommy. I hate that. Why? I look fat in it. Oh, fat in it. Tommy Adams said I looked fat in it. Uh, well, I don't care what Tommy Adams said. You don't look fat in it. It looks very nice on you. It does not. I look awful. Oh, for Pete's why do we have to go through this every morning? Now, get dressed. I don't know what to wear. Well, you put something on and come downstairs to breakfast and hurry up. <laughs> At this time of the year, young people suffer from a seasonal urge to quit school and answer the call of lazy weather. But the temptation to chuck up your schooling and be free of it all will pass. The important thing is don't quit school on impulse before the temptation runs its course. Responsible community leaders, government education agencies, professional educators at every level urge young students to stay in school and graduate. The momentary urge to free yourself of studies and responsibilities is natural enough, but it's not any student's interest to heed it. It used to be said, everybody needs a high school education to succeed. In today's adult job market, a high school education is barely enough. Thinking people know a successful future takes thorough preparation and schooling. Stay in school, graduate, and, if at all possible, go to college. <laughs> Coffee, dear? Oh, yeah, yeah, thanks, Anne. Mm -hmm. I guess I got time. Well, sure. I just won't have this every morning. Do you understand? Oh, no, I'm oh boy. Yeah. I won't wear 
My goodness, you're having a clothes problem again? Yeah, I guess so. She went back upstairs to see what was keeping Betsy. Apparently, Betsy's not dressed yet. Now, children today have too many clothes. That's why they can't decide. I had two dresses, that's all. Yeah, well, times have changed, Aunt mm-hmm. Effie. Times haven't changed. Children have changed. You parents spoil them. Listen to the way Betsy talks. If I talk to my mother like that... We parents spoil them. Listen, the last time I spanked Betsy, you you ran up those stairs with her. You... Well, I must admit, children seem harder to handle than they did when I was little. I don't care what you put on a pillowcase for all I care. Mm-hmm. You get dressed and you get down there. Oh, golly, golly, And if you yell at me like that again, I'll, I'll spank the living daylights out of you. Now you get dressed. Oh, boy. Honey, uh, oh... Well, honestly, oh. I'm just a failure as a mother. I really oh, am. Oh, now, sweetheart, come Tell her on. not to yell at me, and then I yell at her. Here, here. Have a cup of coffee. Gee, when I was growing up and thought about having children, I thought, oh, I'll be one of those wonderful mothers, quiet, understanding, never raise my voice, so that when my children grew up, they'd have wonderful memories of mother. Mm, here's your coffee. I'd think back and say, oh, I remember my mother always so warm and sweet and lovely. Oh, honey, now look. Instead of that, I find myself yelling at her like a fishwife. Oh. Fine memories Betsy's going to have of me. I remember my mother always screaming about something. Oh, now you me. don't always scream at her at all. Well, I don't mean to. I really don't. I make up my mind I'll be so patient and understanding. I try to reason with her, and then suddenly I just get goaded beyond endurance. And I'm so sorry afterwards that generally I find myself apologizing to her for having yelled when it was her fault to begin with. Yes, and of course that's all wrong. Well, now look, Aunt Effie, it's easy enough to say it's all wrong when it's not your child. Before we had any, and I used to see other kids act up, I thought, oh boy, mine will never act like that. Believe me, when you've got some of your own, you begin to realize it's not so simple. Mm, well, that's because you're too close to the problem. You don't have an objective point of view. No, I try right. to have an objective point of view. Well, well, you can't. You get too emotional. All parents do. Well, I'm certainly open to advice on this clothes problem. I tried everything. We go through it every morning. You know that, and I'm so mm. sick and tired of it. She asks me what to wear, and then when I make a suggestion, she doesn't want to take it. Well, I would just tell her to make her own decision. Well, she doesn't seem to want to do that either, Aunt Effie. She seems, for some reason, to want my approval of what she wears. Well, that's natural. So every morning we go through an endless discussion of everything she has. Not only the clothes, but her shoes and her hair. And by the time she's dressed, we're both worn out. I know it's all wrong. I just don't know what to do. That's all. What's the shoe problem? She wants to wear her best shoes that have removable straps. She wants to wear them without the straps. Well, that isn't just my problem. All her little friends now have the same idea. I talk to the other mothers, and we're all going wild. At this age, children's feet are not right for wearing strapless shoes. You know, they don't have arches. Well, what's the hair problem? Well, it seems that all her friends have different hairstyles, which they change constantly, depending on what is in vogue that week in their class. Sometimes braids, sometimes ponytails. Sometimes just hanging down so it doesn't even look calm. That's the style now. <laughs> and I asked her to put a barrette in it so it looks neat at least. It seems nobody is wearing barrettes this week or something. Yeah, well, that's the, the keynote of this generation, I guess. Complete conformity. Don't do anything that nobody else is doing. Well, I know I'm not the only know. mother with the same problem, but that doesn't help any. Ruth Gaines said that Mary Beth is impossible. They've tried everything, spanking her... Depriving her of television, her allowance, but still every morning there is at least one thing she fusses about. Clothes, shoes, hair, whether she wears a sweater, a jacket, or a coat, or a scarf, or not a scarf. What are the arguments they use? Something makes them look fat, or they don't look pretty in it, or it's something that will make the other kids laugh at them, or it's too short, it's too long, it's too babyish, I don't know. 
upshot of the whole thing is that, that here Betsy and her friends are not even eight years old. And they're as conscious of their clothes as I was at 15. Sure, 15. well, they're, they're more sophisticated. What do you expect? They look at magazines, newspapers, they see things oh, on television, yes, movies, listen, advertisements. Listen, listen to this. I don't think I told you this. Huh? Betsy saw an ad for a girdle the other day. Said she couldn't wait until she was big enough to wear one. <laughs> not only that, she asked me if then the boys would like her better. Oh. You're kidding. I She's am kidding. not. Well, you said, what can we expect? At the top of the page, it said, in large letters, you'll want to look your best for the man of the evening. Oh, oh. boy, if we're having trouble with her now. I tremble to think of what life's going to be like when she's 16. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. She wears me out now, and you're supposed to enjoy your children. <laughs> Uh, I said I might as well face it, I guess. Just a failure as a mother. Oh, just stop it, will you? What's she doing now? I don't know, and I don't really care. At the moment, I don't even like her very much, which may seem a strange thing to say about your own child, but I'm afraid it's true. And frankly, I've had my last quarrel with her in the mornings. From now on, she can wear a pillowcase to school for all I care. I told her so, too. Oh, what'd she say? She hates me. Did she say that? <laughs> Words to that effect, I don't blame her. Oh. Well, I have to face it, dear. I'm just inadequate as a parent. I simply don't do the right things. How am I ever going to bring up Bobby? I, I really, I just don't know. If I can't handle a girl, what'll I do with a boy? I thought Betsy would be easy because I was a little girl and I'd know exactly what she was thinking. I'd understand her. I don't. She is completely different than I was as a child. Well, of course she different. is, dear. She's a different person. <laughs> And she's going to be a hungry person, too. Here it is time for her school bus, practically. And she hasn't had a speck of breakfast. Betsy, you get down here. Oh, don't yell at her. Well, There's no sense in her hating both of us. And if she doesn't have time for breakfast, maybe going hungry once will make her hurry up in the morning. Well, it isn't right to make a child go to school hungry. Now, look, Aunt Effie, that's what I mean. Now, please don't interfere, huh? Well, well uh, excuse me. I mean, are we having enough trouble? It's no wonder kids are confused. Parents tell them one thing. Relatives pipe dear, up with something. Dear, darling, don't Aunt Effie didn't mean now, that. Now, look, the dear, whole thing is interfere. only a matter of sticking to your guns. Now, when Betsy gets down here, I'm going to tell her that in the future, she is to make her own decisions in the morning, and that is final. Not going to have any more of this nonsense now. Well, I think I hear her coming downstairs, so get yeah. ready to stick to your guns before the enemy brings forth her tears as reinforcements. <laughs> We'll return to the couple next door in just a moment. This is Eddie Cantor. It's nice to get a present, isn't it? But don't you find it even better to give one? There's a satisfaction in giving. There's a joy in sharing. There's an even bigger joy in sharing with someone in great need. That's why millions of Americans contribute to care. When you send dollars to care and your receipts come back, you know how much good you've done. You know you've sent food to a refugee child, or books to a literacy class in India, or tools to a village in Vietnam. You know that your food secures a families today, and that your tools put them to work for their own better tomorrow. A care package has come to be a worldwide symbol of generosity, of sharing. Put your name on one today, with Dallas to care, New York 16, or your local care office. Betsy, where are you? I thought you came downstairs. I did, Daddy, but I'm getting my hat and coat. Oh, well, I, su I suppose you realize what time it is. You're not going to have time for breakfast. 
Not very pleasant to go to school hungry. Now, maybe you'll stop this fussing in the morning and get dressed and get down here to breakfast. I didn't know it was so late, Daddy. Well, puppy... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don't button your mm-hmm. coat. Let me see what you got on. Oh. What kind of a get-up is that? Don't I look all right, Mommy? With the, uh, look at her hair. Yes, for heaven's sake. I look nice, Mommy, don't I? Don't I look all right? You look fine, dear. Very nice. She oh. look, what, what do you mean? She, with that artificial rose in her hair? And... It looks nice, doesn't it, Mommy? Why, well, I think you look lovely, dear. Well, She's you... growing up, Daddy. But... Come here, Betsy. Let Mommy see. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh... Uh, isn't this the red sash from your gypsy costume? Yes. Well, you, you, uh, you well, it's very effective. Mm-hmm. What do you, you mean? Look very pretty, dear. Thank you, Mommy. You're gonna love her. You. Oh, I love I... you too, darling. Now run along. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's your school oh, bus. Look, you. Here's a piece of toast and Eddie fix for you. Eddie, but she can't go to school hungry and take this. What's the use? What's the use? How you could let Betsy go to school looking like like that's such a fright? That's what you look. I took one look at her, dear. And I saw myself exactly what I used to do until I learned better. And I suddenly realized there are some things you have to learn gradually yourself. All right, all right, I guess so. Boy, 13 more years until she's 21. Yes. Well, maybe with a little bit of luck, we'll make it somehow. The Couple Next Door is written by Peg Lynch and stars Peg Lynch and Alan Bunce with Margaret Hamilton and Francie Myers and is produced by Walter Hart.